Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Pop my with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad Football's back. That means the weekend's here, right? Hutton, you know we have a rule on this show. We have rules. Um, we will make exceptions to those rules when it's the logical thing to do, unlike the NCAA right, with James right. Madison. But we will make exceptions to rules when it's logical. But this is a rule we will not make an exception to. The weekend starts on Thursday in football season. It does. Because football games happen on Thursday night. Our next guest is called football games on, on Thursday nights, and he has signaled the weekend in for everyone. So absolutely we will not make an exception to that rule. Coach Dan Mullen joins us on Hot My With Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Coach, uh, good to have you back on. Uh, great work with ABC and ESPN as, as usual. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Getting ready to do, we got a game tonight. We've got the uh, Boston College and Pitt's Pitt game tonight, so it should be, uh, should be a pretty exciting one. It's never a bad thing to have uh, your name mentioned uh, across the, the college football landscape uh, for different jobs, but uh, it seems like the Mississippi State mention means a bit more here, and I know you've already said like you never say never, but you don't know if the timing's right. What, what if the timing's right? Well, you know what? If the timing's right, and then uh, and the school wants me, then I would probably uh, be heading to go back on the field to coach. But I, I think there's a lot that goes into all of that stuff. I think Mississippi State, like it, it just is, is an easy one. I, I was very fortunate; we had a lot of great years there. Uh, had a lot of success, um, a lot of great memories. Both of my kids are born in Starkville. We have a lot of great friends that live there. A lot of a lot of great former players that have gone on and and had a lot of success, but. Um, you know, just because that, that was uh, such a memorable time, so many great years, um, doesn't mean that's the answer for the future, though. Eight bowls in nine, nine years there. And, I mean, the success rate very high, number one in the country. Do you miss the, the, the stress and the grind? Why would you – I'm just curious, like just from the, the individual standpoint, I wouldn't miss that. And uh, college football is only getting more difficult, not easier. Well, I don't know if it's more difficult. It's just different, you know, and that's one of the things. It's always changing. And one of the things as a coach, you always just adapt to the change. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know. It's easier, harder, just different um, in, in the landscape of it and how, how to run programs, how to be successful is always changing. And 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 that's what it is. So uh, there's a lot of things you miss uh, in college football. You know, I mean, you miss the relationships you have with the players. You miss the, the camaraderie with the staff. You miss the competitive aspect. I mean, there. Listen, you miss the energy that you're running out on a stadium on on in the 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 energy in the stadium. That that the highs of winning. You miss those. You know the 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 the. I mean, the lows and the roller coaster of not winning is awful. But the uh, so you miss so many things. But then there's a lot of things you don't miss and. Um, you know, it, and it's one of the things that that you realize sometimes. I've, you know, I've been coaching since um, the day I graduated college. Uh, you know, I, I I went into coaching right after college. So you go back to playing college football, playing high school football. 
it's been a long time where kind of football's been my whole life and, and coaching's been my whole life. And in the coaching profession, it consumes your life. And, um, you know, I saw a lot of times I, I've talked coaches, say, they said, tell me about it. I said, you know, you don't, it's hard because you don't know what you're missing. You know, you don't, when you're, when you're doing it every day, you don't, you don't know that you're missing all your kids' games and the activities and the fun time, the, the time spent with family uh, and the time away. And so, um, you know, those are the hard parts that that you look at and say, um, you know, that the, a lot of the things that are there that you miss, but then there's there's a lot of things that that you don't miss, not not coaching. Coach Dan Mullen with us. So we were discussing right before you joined us, Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh accepting the three-game suspension, the penalty from the Big Ten uh, after staunchly uh, – not supporting the commissioner's decision in the Big Ten earlier this week and, of course, last week. Knowing what can happen behind the scenes as a head coach uh, and the hypotheticals that maybe we don't even think about, why do you think they did the about-face here at the end of the week just prior to the hearing? I think I think they're they're looking at it in the big picture, saying, hey, okay, you're going to get a three-game suspension. We're going to close the investigation. So that means um, – the game one's already down game two this week. They're heavily favored. Uh, he'll miss the Ohio state game, but if they win that game, he's back for the, uh, the conference championship in the playoffs. Um, if they're able to win that final game, I think they want to get that behind him. The one I always struggle with is, and even the conference came in and said, well, we can find no connection that, that Jim is, is connected to. Um, and yet he's punished. And I always find that hard. And, I, and, and trust me, I understand this. That the head coach is responsible uh, for the program, uh, but the programs are big. I mean, these are huge programs. There's a lot of people involved, and uh, the person that was the main culprit lost their job. Uh, if they would have found, you know, something, I, I, yeah, I guess you have to suspend somebody. Uh, you know, I would have been more comfortable with them. Find the university. You know, I mean, the, the, this guy was on there. There's people. There's checks and balances all throughout the university. He sent a major fine to the university. I don't think the university would have agreed to that. Uh, no, uh, they want to throw it all on the coach and, uh, and everything goes on the coach, it seems like. But um, listen, you can't defend what was going on uh, to say that I doubt it would seem that Jim was heavily involved in anything going on. It, you have to think uh, maybe there was something he should have investigated a little bit more because he, I mean, you, there's no way you can know that. How are you? How are we gathering all of this information that's out there that the coaches have? So, uh, but I, I think in a lot of times, both both sides are looking and saying, "Hey, we we felt this is the punishment, um, and we're going to close the investigation and move on." Uh, I think the NCAA one is still coming. I think there'll be a lot more punishments for Jim Harbaugh, but I think it'll be after the season and and going into the future and next year. And I think people are more okay with everything going on the head coach when they see that Jimbo Fisher is getting paid $77 million <laughs> to not coach. That, that, that's yeah, a big I miss, part I miss of it. That, I miss that number in the uh, bio I mean, uh, that, that is one that I, we've never seen before. And when you just look, because obviously you, you coached in the SEC for a while, uh, you know about his work there at Florida State as well. When A&M hired Jimbo Fisher to be their head coach and then fast forward to this ending – what do you think went wrong with that fit with Jimbo in College Station in the SEC? Well, I, I, you know, I think think about things. I think Jimbo, I mean, had some sustained success, not to the level. He, one of the hardest things in the Southeastern Conference, when you go to build a program there, you know, generally speaking around the country, I, I'm going to lay out some steps for you and you would probably agree. Step one, you take over a program, you build, develop, and you build your personality around the program. 
Uh, and it has that, you know, and this is going to be our personality. The next thing you go is you win a divisional championship. Uh, after you win it, you know, and you go compete, you've gone to bowl games, you've had winning season, you're successful. Then you go win a divisional championship. After you won a division championship, you continue to build. And, and then you're saying, OK, well, we're going to win a conference championship and then have an opportunity to maybe make it to the playoffs and then go down the road to compete for a national championship. Those seem like logical steps. They don't exist in the SEC. Yeah, it goes because the national champions in the SEC every single year for the most part. So you skip a lot of those. And the expectations in the SEC are win a national championship. Well, you know, I mean, Jimbo never won the division, but, you know, in a lot of programs and a lot of other places you get to because to win the division, essentially, you are playing for the national title. You are you are a national championship contending team. Uh, I know that's what everybody wants. He didn't quite get it there. Uh, so I think some of the expectations sometimes in that league are are crazy. Uh, and but and part of the thing that makes the league great are the crazy expectations. The fans of the SEC. I mean, you think there there's? I don't know if there's another conference where that many fan bases expect to win a championship every single year. There's a lot of fan bases. Listen, they go into the season saying, "Hey." This could be our year. I hope we win a championship this year. And, I, you know, boy, it looks like we could have a great team. In the SEC, almost everybody, every team, uh, maybe, you know, I, I I hate to put them down, but maybe with the exception of the Vanderbilt fan base, um, expects to win a championship. I mean, expects to win the championship. Not hopes, not wishes, not dreams about it, expects it. And so I think that makes it a big challenge. And I think, you know, Jimbo, hey, um, you know, his best team there was probably the COVID year team. And unfortunately, that season got thrown completely out of whack. And, you know, and as it did for a lot of people, I thought that was one of my, my best team in Florida was that year. And, um, you know, it was a very different year in college football. So uh, the opportunities kind of came and, and, and missed some. And, uh, you know, I mean, this year they, they had some talent uh, on the roster, the quarterback injuries, and just – uh, there's there's all little things that pop up that didn't get him over that hump. And now there's a lot of natural advantages that Texas A&M has, you know, with facilities. Uh, they already have facilities. They have a passionate fan base. they got an unbelievable stadium. Uh, they don't have a they don't have. I mean, a, I mean, just a long row of national championship banners, though, at the school. So, you know, I mean, there's a long history of that school that. It's not just him. I mean, there's at some point I know they desperately want to win one wins, but there there's not a long list of national championships at Texas A&M either. And how much tougher does it make that job with Texas moving into the SEC? You, you knew this while coaching at Florida, right? You got Florida State, Miami to contend with in that state, but it's a state chock full of talent. Well, Texas has the same thing, but A&M has been able to sell the fact they're the they're the SEC school in the state, right? Well, it, it, it is. It's harder for them. It's going to be, think of it. It's going to be harder for everybody uh, moving forward. I mean, you're adding two alphas now. And I, you always look at things in a league and, and go to the pecking order uh, of the SEC. You know, and when you look at the pecking order of the league, where does your school fall in the in the pecking? I know you where you want it, where everybody wants it to be. But that's a pretty long list of high-end schools right now in the Southeastern Conference, right? And, and only one of them gets to win the title every year. Uh, of conference champion and possibly one of them gets to win national championship. When we get to a 12 team playoff, that might be two different teams. But, you know, when you, you look at that list, there's going to be, there's a lot of fan bases right now 
uh, that expect to win championships that aren't. And I, it is going to be interesting to see moving forward, you know, as it's starting to get to, you know, the expectations were, you know, 14 and one, 15 and 0, 14 and one, you know, whatever it is. And now the expectations might drop into, you know, I mean, nine and three, 10 and two would be a great year, depending on, on how you, the schedule plays out. Dan Mullen, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. You you know the the pressures of it. I mean, you you mentioned your best year at Florida. The following year, uh, you're of course out. And I, I'm I'm curious here, like the dynamic of what Billy Napier must be feeling when everyone's mentioning his name along with what could happen at Arkansas in year two for him. Is that do you when you hear that, you're thinking, oh, that of course, or is that well, yeah, just yeah. asinine to you? Yeah, you got to create stability in a program at some point, you know, and and I mean, you look at it, the University of Florida, I thought, you know, going into the year that, that I got let go, I thought I thought that was going to be a rebuilding year. And, you know, and, and if I go back to that year, unfortunately, we we played early in the season, we played Alabama at home and almost won the game yeah. against the great Alabama team. And somebody thought we were good. <laughs> uh, I knew we were maybe maybe rebuilding a little bit and, and we weren't quite there. I thought the next season we we had a chance to have a really special year, you know, and uh, we had a young quarterback in Anthony Richardson. He got hurt a bunch. You know, I thought, boy, the next year he's we're going to he we, we got him matured. He's grown up. We're healthy, perfectly fit for our offense. We have a lot of guys coming back the next year. That might be a chance. I didn't get to live that year. But, um, you know, I think at some point you got to create stability. I think the one thing that you're going to see in Florida this year. Uh, at the University of Florida, they've fallen way behind facility. I mean, way, way outdated. Uh, they were a good 10 to 15 years behind a lot of people in college football. And they just opened a brand new facility last year uh, that got built. We They started all the construction right when I got there. We were starting to raise the money. We raised the money. Then we started construction. Uh, and now you see that they're having probably there right now. They're trying to hold on to it. But the best recruiting class they've had in a long time. And lo and behold, that matches with we finally opened a football facility. And now we're having a good recruiting class. You know, we, we've kind of. We've kind of caught up to some people and put us on even ground with other schools in college football. And now we're having the opportunity to have a, a great recruiting class. So I, I think one of the things that they need to look at is, um, you know, uh, find the stability within the program to go build it and, um, you know, and, and have the patience uh, to go do it. But patience is, is does not exist in a lot of fan bases and a lot of schools in today's college football. You know, I think a lot of that part of it is, is understandable in some ways in college football because now when a new head coach comes in, they kind of own the program. You know, they're looking in and you can walk into a program uh, as a la Dion De- Sanders and a lot of coaches do now, which is say, hey, you know, I, when you walked into a program, I, taking over two programs and said, hey, I, I didn't, you guys didn't choose me. You chose the university, but you didn't choose me to be your coach, but I chose you to come here to be your coach. And we're going to work together. We're going to earn each other's trust and we're going to go build this program and win football games. Um, in today's world, guys come in and say, hey, you know, you, you played for the old coach. You guys can go hit that transfer portal. You're out of here. We're just bringing in our own players now. So I do think um, in college football, coaches are, if you will, responsible for owning a lot faster uh, than they used to. You know, that bill, that, that's you walk in now, you get rid of a bunch of guys that were on the team. You bring in all your own guys. That's your team. And, um, you know, so I think that's why expectations uh, have sped up in college football. Dan Mullen does more or has done more than just coach and, and uh, broadcast uh, with ABC and ESPN. He's also a founding member, Chad, of the New Hampshire Mafia. Uh, so so is Chip Kelly. Um, 
how about that report that if he wins, he may finish the season. If he doesn't, he's out. And why has it not been a why has it not been a fit for Chip Kelly at UCLA? I don't, I don't know that it hasn't. I, you know, again, you know, I mean, you're looking, they've had some, some, uh, some successful years um, since he's been there. Maybe not, again, the level and expectations that they think. But, you know, uh, they're we're getting ready to roll into the Big Ten now. Right. And, right. you know, uh, which, you know, now well, it's, you, you went from being, uh, you know, in the very top echelon of your league to now adding teams that you're competing against. You know, I mean, you, you, you look at UCLA and say, hey, they should be comparable as a program as a whole to Washington, to Oregon, to USC, right? And um, now, granted, when you're now in, in the Pac-12 right now, you got to go go deal with Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes. And, um, you know, I mean, that's from the high-paced, spread-out athletes of the SEC, that, of the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Pac-12. That's just a punch in the mouth anytime you want to go play a Kyle Whittingham team. You know, I mean, I, I coached with him and I know what those yeah. what those defenses are going to be like. Um, and but, you know, now you're adding to those, you know, those upper echelon schools. Let's throw in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. Um, it, it's going to get even more challenging. So I, I don't know. I, I always thought that, you know, chip personality fit. I'm not pretty solid with UCLA. That one really kind of shocked me when I. I saw the report, but you hope maybe it's not the case uh, in whatever the situation is. I think, you know, I mean, they had some good years uh, over the past couple of years and new quarterback after having, you know, DTR was there for a while for them and uh, had success. And, and all of a sudden here comes a new quarterback coming in and, and you know, what what's looking like a rebuilding year and, you know, you're getting run out. Five second answer. One game to watch this weekend. Which one would you pick and why? Oh, Washington, Oregon okay. State. I mean, that, that's gonna that's gonna define the playoffs, right? I mean, that is, and listen, you. I don't think anybody's jumping up and down saying, "Let's go run to Corvallis to go play that offensive line, running game, toughness, and defense that's that right. they have." Coach Dan Mullen has been our guest. We always need more time. Hopefully, we can do this in a couple of weeks as well. Thank you, Coach. Back with more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody at our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, I got the sense there that Mullen would uh, certainly, certainly want to coach again. He, and um, Mississippi State's a very appealing. He said it. I mean, he said, look, if someone's interested in me, uh, I, you know, if it's the right place and the right time, I'm absolutely interested in coaching again. So um, I think that he is going to have an opportunity this yep. offseason with some job or jobs. I don't know what job that's going to be, but someone is going to approach Dan Mullen. It's all about he went from Mississippi State to Florida. What level does he want to re-enter that scene at? That's the big question for him. He's interested in coaching again. We're always interested to chat football with Armando Salguero, senior NFL reporter for Outkick.com. Armando, he always brings it. Good to see you. 
Yeah, I was wondering what transition you would would pick from uh, Coach Mullen to a schlub like me. Well done. Well done, Hutton. Well, well know, done. He was a Florida guy. You're a Miami guy. I guess there's, there's the segue we can go with. There's Bobby Bonilla there's payments. The, Mullen has that each year. You do as well. There's the connection. Yeah, I'm sure that Armando's getting paid by someone July out 15th there. He doesn't work year. for anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got to stay consistent with this, Armando. Uh, Once again, Josh Dobbs leads the Vikings to victory. Oh. Are you still sold on the Vikings being dead right now for a playoff spot? So... I, I did not, pref- you know, prepare for this exact moment okay. where you vex me Good. during the show. Good, uh, you know. So, so bear with me. But I, I love hitting my enemy I, unprepared like that. So that's good. That's <laughs> yes. perfect. Yes. Uh, bear with me as I pull out, you know, my sledgehammer. Um, Josh Dobbs, his history, and I like. Josh Dobbs. Okay. I like him as an NFL quarterback. I like him as an NFL backup quarterback, probably more than I do as a starter. His history has been, he arrives at a place and he wows everybody because he learns things faster than anyone. He absorbs, you know, the surroundings, the playbook, the, the, the culture, faster than any human alive. That's the reason that the dude in another life would be a NASA aerospace engineer. And he has, you know, the degree to prove it. But the history also includes once you get a a start or two under your belt as Josh Dobbs, the other team starts to figure you out a little bit. And the other team also very smart does countermeasures. And so what we're really talking about is, do we believe that the teams on the Vikings schedule the rest of the year will just not come up with any countermeasures? Or do we believe that as they did in Arizona, as they did in Tennessee, there will be countermeasures and, you know, what is level of play up here will regress to mean and be down here? That's the question. And I'm not saying he's going to regress to mean. I'm not saying he's a bad player or the the Vikings are in for a rough, uh, you know, spate of games. But that's the history. Look, I think he will regress to the mean. I've said that throughout, so I do agree with you there. I guess my follow-up is, if he does, is Josh Dobbs mean – good enough with the supporting cast, the Vikings, if Justin Jefferson comes back healthy and ready to go. They could this week. To where that's good enough to get them to the playoffs. I think, to me, that's the difficult question to answer. Right. And right now, today, if if the season ended today, <laughs> you know, the Vikings would be in the playoffs. Unfortunately for them, the season doesn't end today. Um, they still have a bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, my guess is that Jefferson, who today said, I'm the one that's going to decide whether I play or not, that didn't sound to me like I'm definitely in this thing and I'm going for it. So uh, I think we need to be very wary of, of 
what happens with Justin Jefferson on Sunday. Yeah, and he's uh, he's returning to practice, I believe, for the first time today, or has uh, as part of that. Hey, uh, how about this? The NFL in the primetime matchups. We've got some good ones tonight. We've got Bagels Ravens. Sunday night, all of a sudden, Denver hosting Minnesota is very intriguing. And Monday night, we have the rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Not a bad three-pack. I'm not saying they're all going to live up to the hype. But, I mean, we will cap off Week 11 with Eagles-Chiefs, both teams coming off a bye, both quarterbacks preparing for those defenses. This could be fantastic. It, It could be amazing. Uh, it, it could be the anti-Thursday night tonight yeah. because, you know, it, typically on Thursday night we expect a dud. And I don't think Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson combined have a dud in them. So there's that. And typically what you get with the Denver Broncos early on in the season was they were terrible. But in the last two games, they've beaten Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills and oh, by the way, the guy that everyone was ripping last year, Russell Wilson, has 18 touchdown passes and four interceptions, and he's looking like, you know, Seattle in his heyday, Russ, and not the guy that was washed up seemingly last year. Um, you know, and then you know your Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> on Sunday night. Uh, Can't wait. I'll I'll be right there all night watching that game for my Vikings. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Uh, The the interesting one is the Super Bowl rematch, right? Because uh, one of those teams is playing like they're going back. And the other one of those teams is kind of, you know, they're getting, they're getting results, but they don't look like a super team. The Kansas city chiefs kind of, uh, play in fits and starts, particularly on offense. That defense is championship caliber. Deshaun Watson out for the season, broken a bone in his shoulder. I don't think this is a Browns team that's making the playoffs. They're six and three, but they're not uh, making the playoffs here, Armando. But I do think, based on how their schedule lines up, they're going to keep a team out of the playoffs. In their final three games, they will face the Texans. And the Bengals in two of those three. And the other one's the Jets, where potentially Rodgers could be in the mix. Who knows? But the Browns' defense is good enough to hold up against any offense. And they have a formula where they run the football. But for a team that lost Nick Chubb and now Deshaun Watson, this is a, 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 I mean, detrimental, but also I think a defense that will be detrimental to another organization. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good take. Um, let me give you another take. The Jets stink. And so do, uh, you know, if we think that the Jets are going to be uh, stolen a playoff berth from at the end of the season, I would say that they were stolen a playoff berth from on the fourth play of the season. Um, the whole, if the New York Jets played in Cleveland, we would know that the Jets stink and that there's no chance. Right. But the thing is, they play in New York, and so the New York media that does a great job generally wants to make be relevant. And so they're like, why don't you 
you know, they see, they have eyes, they understand that the Jets are a terrible team with no offense. They're a half a team, basically. Uh, a defensive team, and that's it. But we still get the narrative of, well, if they're in the hunt in late January, uh, mid-December, whatever, whatever, then, you know, Aaron Rodgers will come in and save the day. That's not happening. Can we just agree on that? Aaron Rodgers won't have to come in because there will be no day to save. They're going to continue to lose because they average like 12 points a game, between 12 and 16 points a game on offense per game. Uh, there was one game where they had more penalties than first downs. So let's just be honest about the Jets. They're That's bad. Fair. They're really bad. They, they can score 16 and beat the Bills. Because they've, I mean, no. they, yeah, they, they played the Bills this week. <laughs> no, morning. they have, but they're not going to do that again. Armando Salguero with us. Uh, any, do you have any questions about, oh, I know we have questions about Houston. Do you have any questions about Jacksonville winning that division right now based on the way Houston's playing and the, the back and forth play of the Jaguars offense with, a new play caller because Peterson turned that over uh, to to a, a West Coast style, and it's not necessarily down the field the way Lawrence was at the end of last year. Yeah, let let's go back for a second to September. If we look at that upcoming uh, match, if we look at those two teams at the end of the season, we would have said one of those two teams has a stud quarterback who is going to light up the, the NFL and everybody's going to be talking about him like he's an MVP candidate. And the other one of those two teams has a quarterback that is probably going to struggle some this year, and we don't know really what he's going to give us. You would have said that the guy that's going to be in the MVP conversation was Trevor Lawrence. You would have said... <laughs> that the guy that was going to struggle and we wouldn't know what he really is, is C.J. Stroud. And in fact, it's the other way around. C.J. Stroud is playing amazing, and Trevor Lawrence is barely is kind of treading water so far this year. What is going to happen in New England? Uh, the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi thing. I mean, we could look at this from any number of perspectives right now, Armando. What's going to happen at quarterback? with Mac Jones next year will be in year four of his rookie deal. Is Bill Belichick going to be the guy leading him? I feel like every time I click on the interwebs, I'm reading a different perspective <laughs> from someone web. in the Boston area. <laughs> the dark web's got some great stories about what's going to happen. But every time i on there, it's, it's something different, right? They're going to trade for Mike Vrabel, or Bill Belichick is totally safe, or Rob Gronkowski is saying that Mac Jones has lost the locker room completely and he should ask to be released to go to Cleveland. What is going to happen with that organization? Yeah, this these are conversations that are had when your team is in major, major trouble, right? Yeah. Uh, I I think we've seen the last of Mac Jones for a while, uh, probably until the next coach comes around and tries to rehabilitate him. But that pass that he missed to Mike Kosicki, uh, in Germany, where any of the three of us could have made it. Um, and I'm not kidding. It was, it, was, that. it was as bad of an interception as you'll ever see. 
at any level of football, much less the it, NFL. If I can make it, he should be released. And it was worthless. It was, he wasn't even under pressure. I don't know why he was throwing it that way. And hey, this season started with him being the only quarterback on the roster where they made the final cuts, too. Uh, it's like, how do you make that pass? And, and of course, he was benched right after that. And Bailey Zappi, the world beater, comes in and throws an interception to end the game. So they have no answers. Everybody's saying, well, what about Will Greer? Well, we may see Will Greer here uh, before the season is over, maybe in the next game. But the story's already written about the New England Patriots. They're a bad team. They're going to have a top five pick next, uh, next draft. Bill Belichick will either be on the couch or coaching elsewhere after he and Robert Kraft have a you know, a confab and a meeting of the minds and there is a mutual parting of the ways. And then somebody will either swoop in and try to hire Belichick or Belichick will, will sit it out until he has a situation that he wants or a situation, or maybe he just retires. Who knows? I doubt that the retirement part is going to happen. He wants to be the winningest coach of all time. And he wants to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And it's going to take a lot of work for him to do that. Uh, so that's what I think plays out in New England. Uh, the Mac Jones question, it's, it's basically moot at this point. It's like nobody on that roster is going to save that season. It's, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, New England. Rhode Island, go, go find some lobsters. You're not, you're not going to be big this year Boston wait for the Celtics Armando uh coming up next week regard after the uh, the beat down that Dallas will give Carolina I, I need you to try to coax me off of jumping on the Dallas Cowboys bandwagon please that that's that's for next week because we're up against it but I have a feeling you'll help me do that absolutely it's a therapy because session. you requested it Right, we'll do that right after you rip me about the Minnesota Vikings. You guys rip me about the Minnesota <laughs> hey, Vikings. America will see on Sunday Night Football, Armando. America will see. Yes, we're, we're all witnesses now. And America's thanks, Armando. NFL writer and reporter is Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. One big thing on every NFL game is next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sixth of the Peabody location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot My With Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll dive into the, some of the top headlines. Uh, by the way, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan uh, with an announcement today. They're, they're going to serve out the suspension for, from the Big Ten. One game already down. It's a three-game suspension. He will not coach against uh, on game day against Maryland and then to finish the regular season against Ohio State. But also with Chris Thompson, Dana White in the headlines, and more. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, really 
it started uh, quite the discussion on online with Thompson. Well, Carissa Thompson was on, uh, pardon my take, at, at Barstool, and she said a story that we've actually talked about maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where on Aaron Andrews' podcast they do together, they had both admitted to making something up if the coach didn't give them anything. But it wouldn't be anything crazy, just like they would elaborate a little bit or if the coach didn't talk to them, yeah. they would say they spoke right, to them. Right. Well, she repeated the same story on Pardon My Take, and it has journalists with a capital J just up in arms. I mean, the sideline reporter community is incensed by this story. And uh, so much so, they have requested Amazon to give a statement and if, whether or not she's going to address the controversy tonight. Amazon's response is hilarious. We'll tell you about that response okay. and get into this, this quote-unquote controversy coming up. And you know my thoughts on some of this, but I'll, I'll, we've got a great response to those that are hating this based on where the made-up report is happening during the context of the broadcast everyone wants to be the one the recipient of a walter cronkite journalism award yes and there are times when you have to look at your job and yourself and say you know what i do isn't that serious like just chill out a, a little bit and that's what we'll talk about further a detail later. yeah coming up plus ryan leaf joins us uh, in about 40 minutes right now uh we mentioned with armando three really good games in prime time starting tonight you got uh, baltimore hosting cincinnati Plus, uh, you've got uh, Denver hosting Minnesota, and then Monday night, great matchup between Kansas City and Philadelphia in the Super Bowl rematch. It is time for one big thing on every NFL game. Chad, the weekly notes, uh, bye weeks for the Falcons, Patriots, Colts, and the Saints. Uh, between uh, night games with the unders and the international morning game unders primetime games are hitting the under a whopping record of 30 and 7 this season the under has hit in night games for 11 straight matchups and 15 of the last 16 games We've got three matchups this week featuring where both teams are holding a winning record uh, starting tonight as on Thursday night football we get to see Baltimore hosting Cincinnati. The Bengals come in at five and four. Ravens are at seven and three. Both teams coming off a, a loss last Sunday. Bengals are one and twenty-three on the road in night games over the last twenty-five years. They're they're currently on a thirteen-game losing streak in this spot. Their last win was in Philly back in two thousand twelve. Uh, according to NFL research, the Ravens are the just the third team in NFL history and uh, the first in the last 20 years to lose a game after holding four separate leads of 14 points or more. That happened last week. Will Al Michaels be excited about this game? That is my big question coming into this one because this is a legitimate game. This Hutton is a game he would have had on Sunday Night Football um, on NBC. This is a big-time matchup. Chad, the answer is yes, he will be excited for this game. Will he be excited in future Thursday night games, I mean, he would say he's the same guy. Just pay attention to how he is tonight compared to the other matches. If he is the same guy tonight, I'll have to go back and say, well, this is just who he is now yeah. because nothing's going to get him excited. But if he changes that level, the octave in his voice goes up a little bit, the excitement goes up, then we can all rightfully claim that he has, in fact, changed since he left Sunday Night Football on NBC. Cowboys have 
been able to boat race several teams this year, and uh, one team twice, the Giants. They now take on the 1-8 Carolina Panthers on the road. Both teams coming off a bye. And uh, the, I mentioned the bye because of the beatdown that we saw. Uh, you've got this past Sunday, the Cowboys, they had more first-half points than the Giants had yards on offense. 28-27 was that final score. Uh, last month, C.D. Lamb demanded the football publicly, and he's showing us why. He's had three straight games, 150 yards or more receiving. And in postgame, he proclaimed himself as the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, it helps playing the Giants there because Brandon Cooks also put up 150 yards last week for Dallas. They're on fire. The Panthers are not. They average 14 and a half points per game when they play at home. And this will sound like a home game for Dallas in Charlotte. It's tough to be a good NFL team coming off a good NFL season and to have back-to-back -back weeks that look this great for your team. Playing the Giants, who are completely inept right now with Tommy DeVito, who lives with his parents, quarterbacking your team, and now going up against the Carolina Panthers. In the, in the parents' basement. Congrats. Hey, cheers to you, Dallas Cowboys. This is a great couple weeks for you. This is a get-right fortnight for you. So congrats to you. DeVito, you're saying he's playing Fortnite, possibly? Uh, playing Fortnite, maybe uh, online against Kyler Murray. Do you think whenever... Do you think Kyler Murray and him are buddies you, playing video games with each other? Do you, do you think whenever he has to join by Zoom for like a, a team meeting that his bed's in the background? I think his bed's in the background, and I think he's definitely said, Ma, the meatloaf, yeah. a couple times, and said, I never know what she's doing back there. I don't know what she's doing when he's on a Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah. It's time for my second shout out. I love Diana Rossini, well. by the way, who responded to that story yeah. and said it is 37 year old Italian men in New Jersey living with their parents is the reason why I didn't get married until I was 38 <laughs> or something along those lines, which was perfect. Browns hosting the Steelers. We, we know that the Watson storyline here, both teams are six and three. Do not forget to pay attention to the defensive greats playing in this ballgame. Miles Garrett has been sensational this season and then you have Pittsburgh's TJ Watt who just surpassed his brother JJ Watt for the second most sacks by a player in his first 100 games Reggie White leads this pack in the first 100 he had 105 sacks that's good company TJ has 88 and JJ had 87 and a half that's props on this list and we get to see two of the premier pass rushers get after it in this game uh, do not sleep on Cleveland here. This team is about defense and running the football, and the Steelers' defense allows four and a half yards per carry this season on average. Lions hosting the Bears. Bears are three and seven. Detroit seven and two with true Super Bowl aspirations, and the Lions are fifteen and four over their last nineteen games. Justin Fields he makes his return to the Bears this week, and a, a betting note here: Jared Goff and the Lions. They've covered 11 straight games against NFC North opponents. Chicago averages two turnovers per game when playing on the road. This could be an easy cover for you here. Packers are hosting the Chargers. Los Angeles claims to be a playoff contender. Playoff teams go on the road and win this game uh, against a Packers defense that's allowed 200 or more yards rushing three different times this season. It's a Packers team that's one in four in games decided by three points or less. The problem is the Chargers are two and four 
in one-score games. Cardinals on the road against the Texans. C.J. Stroud currently leads the NFL in passing yards, just under 300 yards per game at 291. Faces the Cardinals defense that's allowed at least 20 points per game over the last seven that they've played. The Cardinals own the Texans' first round pick next season, next year, because of the trade for Will Anderson. And as of right now, that pick is 20th overall. Crazy when you think about where the Texans are compared to where we thought they'd be and where the, the Cardinals would be with that pick. The Cardinals also have their first-round pick, which is good news for them. It's great. <laughs> because they're drafting higher right now than the Texans, but it so was, that's that's good. It, it was believed that they could go back-to-back -back picks with uh, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. at one point. I feel like Galifianakis with the equations around my head yep. trying to figure out what's better for their draft position, a win or a loss, to knock the Texans – up the list a little yeah. bit, but also possibly knock themselves down early in the first round to kind of come more to the middle, or just have the Texans go ahead and win and secure that high pick for you. Jaguars have been good, not great. They're facing the Titans. And they're about to get great. We could be viewing Jacksonville like we do the Lions offenses, if not for turnovers instead of touchdowns. The Jags have 18 touchdowns, 17 turnovers this season, 11 of the 17 of those giveaways have been in opponent territory. They could be lighting up the scoreboard if they just protect the football. And what are the Jags doing with Calvin Ridley? Three targets in a 34-3 loss last week. And they aren't great at home unless it's their other home. They're 1-3 in Jacksonville, 2-0 in London this year. Will Levis is going to be facing heat because the Titans' offensive line is awful. Dolphins return. They're hosting... The Raiders. Somehow the Raiders are five and five. Miami six and three, and Vegas is two and zero oh under Antonio Pierce. Now it helps that they've played the Giants and the Jets. Now we find out exactly what they're about because they have the Dolphins, then the Chiefs, then the Vikings. Good luck with that schedule. Commanders and Giants. This game was fourteen to seven as a final score in Week Seven. The over/under is thirty-six and a half. Do as you uh, must with this. Take the under in this game. Uh, and late afternoon, Bucks and 49ers. What a coming off a bye. What a performance by San Francisco last week. Uh, the defense, five sacks, 10 quarterback hits. Tampa doesn't run the ball well. That's bad news for Baker Mayfield on the road in San Fran. Buffalo hosting the Jets. Bills five and five. The Jets are four and five. Josh Allen against this Jets defense, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions in his last, or it was only 10, 10 career games against the New York Jets. This could be, this could be a playoff determining matchup for both teams to just have hopes for what they want to be. Rams are hosting the Seahawks. We could see Matthew Stafford back. Seattle has won three of their last four games. Geno Smith just played his best game of the regular season thus far. Uh, we've got some great primetime matchups uh, as well uh, in week 11. We've got the Broncos and Vikings on Sunday night football. Joshua Dobbs, everyone believing in the Vikings based on what he's been doing in the two games. And they've been winning without Justin Jefferson. He could, could return this week. Denver, though, they still have the worst defense based on just the numbers that 70 to 20 beatdown will haunt you on the stat sheet. It's gotten a lot better. But the defense has recently corralled Mahomes and Allen, 
and the Broncos have allowed just 16 points per game over their last four weeks. So they started one and five, and they've beaten the Packers, Chiefs, and Bills to get one game away from the 500 mark all of a sudden. And Chad, Eagles on the road against the Chiefs. Huge. Super Bowl rematch. Games like this are rare, and I'll explain. It's just the ninth time that we've had a Super Bowl rematch in the regular season. And the Super Bowl winner in these matchups, seven and two uh, in the previous nine that we've seen. Just keep that in mind. Also, spanning the last 23 years, it's only the fourth game in week 11 or later featuring teams with the best record in each conference. And it's the first time that the Eagles have been underdogs this season. Both quarterbacks coming off the bye, plenty of time to prepare. Andy Reid is 21-3 and as a head coach coming off a bye week in the regular season. And it's the beginning of a brutal stretch for Philadelphia. Their next opponents. They've got KC, of course, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle. So we've seen them be really good, and they've ramped up throughout the season. They need that now. And they could certainly win these games. We saw them win games like this last year. But it's not the schedule that's set up for them pretty well in October as they uh, head down the backstretch of November and into December, Jeff. And I love one big this, thing on every this prime, great job. I love this prime time slate this week. Starting tonight with Cincinnati and Baltimore, yep. Minnesota, Denver, and then, of course, the big one on Monday Night Football, Chiefs and Eagles. Doesn't get much better than that for prime time, which has not been great throughout the season, but it is this week. Maybe a lot of kids are going to want Dobbs jerseys after Could Monday be. night. Could be. Uh, telling you, Armando Seguero might be one of them. If Carissa Thompson's doing the halftime interview, it may not necessarily be someone she's talked with. That's next. <laughs> 